Hello and welcome to LSH Talks, a podcast hosting important conversations within the property sector. During the first season of this podcast, I will be speaking to women working within the commercial property network, shining the spotlight on a handful of talented females working within the sector. In this episode, I'll be speaking with Sophie Wisdom, Legal Counsel and Head of Professional Services Department here at Nammersmith Hampton. Hi, I'm Sophie Wisdom. I'm in-house counsel and head of professional services department who work with the residential and commercial property departments within Lambert Smith Hampton, managing anything risk, compliance and legal. So how was it that you first became interested in studying law? I guess when I was at school, I was sort of doing career planning and, and looking at all of that. And um, my both my mum and dad worked within a legal field not not within uh, not solicitors themselves but they were um, working within the legal field and I had some training work experiences and did some mini pupillages with barristers and it was just something that really interested me and then when it came to going to university I chose to study law and had a brilliant three years at the University of Kent studying law and various other things um, along the way and and just really enjoyed the challenge of it, the variety and the uh, yeah the, the way it just spans absolutely everything we do. So from studying law at university where I'd imagine you'd have been exposed to a lot of different industries to work within did you always think that you'd work for a company such as Lambert Smithampton? No um, not probably not once I to be fair when I left university I suppose sort of three years of studying I, I had I took a, I took a break for a year and tried to sort of decide what it what it was I wanted to do where I wanted to go and had a bit of a lost couple of months where I was doing various tempting jobs having moved back home with my parents and it was all a bit a bit a bit lost didn't really know where I was going to head and I got a tempting job in a criminal law firm and the partner there was brilliant it was just a very small criminal law firm um, two partners and they sort of took me on in an administrative role and within a month I was traveling to to court representing with barristers uh, going to meet people in prison take statements attending police stations um, with them and it was just quite exciting and quite high paced and and really interesting and that reignited I guess my spark to kind of study the law I sort of had a bit of a push from one of the partners there he uh, he said that uh, I needed to go and do my um, my conversion course and my LPC and again I really enjoyed the practical aspects of it I think with the academic studying of, of law at, um, at university it all seemed a bit theoretical and not particularly applied whereas the LPC is a very practical School course where you actually you know learn, learn how how to become a solicitor effectively and then I got training contracts um, fully intending really to qualify and practice as a criminal solicitor but again I got training contract down on the south coast in a sort of smallish firm with five partners and I was had my first seat with the partner who is um, responsible for property so he dealt with um, commercial property residential property property litigation I really enjoyed it and I think having had that real hands-on experience in the criminal law firm I immediately was thrown in the deep end as I said it was a relatively small firm and I got so much experience and exposed to so much so quickly and I just loved it I loved having my own files and I loved just taking on that responsibility and I, I think within you know within a month I was sort of hooked on the the property aspect and I think it's um it's just such an interesting area of law and practice it was kind of yeah and then I sort of forgot crime <laughs> found it didn't pay for me and uh I moved into uh into property and completed my training contract 
and then uh, moved to a different regional firm. After a few years in private practice, I then moved in-house to what was then part of the Countrywide Group and became an in-house solicitor. So moved away from the private practice, um, representing individuals to then becoming an in-house solicitor, acting for uh, part, part of the Countrywide Group and specifically in respect of their residential uh, property management team. And I've worked with that team for the last 11 years and more recently since 2019 started working with Lambert Smithampton more and now working with the commercial property management team as well as the uh, ready team so it's been a circuitous route and I certainly don't think when I started uh, out in the uh, in my criminal law firm that's what I'd end up up here but I really enjoy um working in-house and working with colleagues. I think from a listener's standpoint, it's really interesting to hear that you started from a completely different avenue and have ended up working within property, but you have that criminal background. And I guess it shows that no matter the background and the history that you have, the skill set is the same and those common skills and the way you work can be applied to whichever industry. This podcast in particular is focusing on International Women's Day and the issues within gender equality within the greater industry. I've spoken to a a few different guests and they've all said that law seems to be a field which is a lot more equal as someone who has experience of that would you agree I mean I, I as I said I haven't been in private practice for a while but certainly friends who I know who qualified at a similar time and, and friends who are who are lawyers I do believe that there is a much more open to, to women coming into the into to um, that world. I think there's been an awful lot of work done by the Law Society and the training bodies to get into schools, to highlight the potential for, um, for you know, qualifying as a lawyer. And and at the training, so the LPC, um, I know that the numbers of women who are applying to carry out their LPC is it, huge. They've done an awful lot of work to try and encourage women to enter that um, profession. And I think it's been really successful. So most of the women that I've spoken to throughout the season have come from a surveying background. So it's really interesting to hear from your perspective as a lawyer that there is that kind of shift happening within genders within the greater industry and that there is still a change that needs to happen within the property sector, which would help it kind of rival its peers. I think the property is is, is far behind, largely, I think, because there just needs to be a real push and it's not going to happen without a push. And I, I do think that the, the Law Society and, and various other people have, have made massive efforts to that perception and, and potentially demystify it a little bit. I think law firms like surveying firms can sometimes be quite quite hierarchical sort of know someone to get in or there's a definite structure in terms of the partners and I think you need a few people to find their way in and then that opens it up for others coming behind and I think that that's probably what needs to happen on the surveying side. So as we've discussed on the podcast so far you've really had a varied career from working within criminal law to property law what do you think so far has been the biggest risk that you've taken? One of the biggest risks that I've taken was going in-house. It's stepping away from the traditional private practice route with the clear steps to then becoming a partner and that clear line of progression, I I suppose. Coming in-house, it gives different challenges. You're sort of moving away potentially from some of the lawyerish lawyery bit and, and, and you'll become much more part of a business. I really like that. I like being part of the solution and working with colleagues for a long period of time. As I said, I've worked with some of the residential property management team for 11 years and you don't get that in private practice. 
practice because in private practice you have a client you tend to act for them and then that relationship is it's, it's a bit more transactional whereas sometimes you have repeat clients I think in working in-house you can work over things for a couple of years you can see the changes that happen and, and you can influence and change those which I've really enjoyed. Do you think that there are any particular barriers in place which are preventing women from gaining higher up leadership roles within particular companies? And if you think that is the case, how do you think we can break down those barriers to help those women into those higher up positions? I think it's sometimes quite difficult for women to find a place at the table because if there aren't the nat- if there aren't the role models for them to follow, it can feel quite isolated. And you know, many times throughout my career, I've been one of the only women um, literally physically at the table to hear have your voice heard it can be difficult I think it's sometimes a lack of confidence and an under appreciation of your own worth as as an, as a, an employee and understanding that you know everyone has like slight confidence wobbles sometimes you sometimes need to fake it till you make it and I think sometimes women do underestimate themselves having said that I think there needs to be a blend of metrics which companies value and and reward sometimes the skills or the attributes that women are presenting aren't necessarily the big money items or the the obvious things and I think you can be overlooked if you're um, sitting there doing a day, day job you know and you're just not getting that sort of face time with the people who will allow you to to progress it comes down a lot to who your managers are and are they wanting you to to get the most out of out of yourself and, and to progress allowing people to have opportunities but um I think it is sometimes a little bit still prejudices I, I think everybody has an unconscious bias and you recruit what you know and if everybody in that room is a a male you may if CVs come across your desk they, that may be the thing that you know subconsciously that's what you're going to recruit you recruit someone a little bit like yourself I think there's still a little bit of assumptions over you know young women are they going to have children are they going to disappear off does they are they going to be able to be flexible enough and I, I hope that if nothing else has come out of COVID sort of more acceptance that, that you know you can still do a job whilst working from home whilst you know juggling children and work etc and that being in the office from seven in the morning till seven at night five days a week does not necessarily mean you're doing a good job the worth of someone's contribution to a company should be based on the output rather than just physically being able to be seen visibly in the office and I think that's going to be uh, hopefully a bit of a change and don't get me wrong as a mum of two kids I'm desperate to get back in the office um, <laughs> and uh, away from the house um, but um, equally I think it's just that acceptance that we don't always need to be yeah pulling 12 hour shifts and being visible in the office if you're doing the work and the work and the output is good then that needs to be that needs to be the thing that's rewarded that's a really incredible point to make and I completely agree I think 2020 and 2021 so far has hopefully shown that it doesn't matter if you're showing up for long periods of time it's about the amount of work that you're doing and actually putting the effort in it doesn't matter if you're just showing up in an office format and you've actually got to be doing the work I've spoken to a few women on the podcast about the same issue where 
they feel that it is possible to also have children and also be working within a business and you shouldn't be treated differently it is i think it i know it is it's 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 really it's really um interesting the impact of on young young women if if you see someone doing something it is something that will make you then think you can do it it's representation of many things and i think it it goes back to when you're a child and you're told you know what are you going to be when you grow up now increasingly I hope there are more women doctors women lawyers etc and I do just think there needs to be that real visibility of women at the high levels and I, I do think there is going to have to be a push from those senior teams to to make sure that visibility that that visibility is there to try and encourage and change and just get different people around that table so that there's different viewpoints and different um potential ways in which companies can can go failing which it'll just remain the same and and um and i, I don't think there's there'll be room for people to flourish and and uh, and grow otherwise you're missing out on an opportunity to employ 50 percent of the population aren't you i think that final point that you made is incredibly incredibly important if women can't see themselves represented within a company or within a higher up leadership role or as any cog within a greater business I don't think women necessarily believe that they can do it too. It takes women to be working within those roles to give belief and faith to other women that they can also do it too. This is the final question because I've been asking everyone this on the podcast so far, but what do you deem as success and do you think you have been successful in your career? I think success can mean many things and I think that's probably what I'm, I've been trying to say throughout this podcast is that success doesn't just look like one thing and I think therefore you've got to reward as I said a bit of a, a matrix of various things to, to, to demonstrate success I think knowing that you've done a good job my job um, in risk and compliance uh, and the legal aspect isn't always necessarily giving the good news it's not necessarily always the exciting oh I've just landed a million pound contract it's creating a framework which enables people to work with confidence to work knowing that they're doing the right thing and I think taking away uncertainty, taking away the grey areas, um, moving away from the just no culture where I've been doing this job for 50 years, so I just know what I'm doing. It helps new people come through. It helps train and, and encourage people to progress within their careers. So for me, within risk and compliance the and, and the legal aspects, there, there isn't really ever like I've finished that job. It's a slow progression of improvements and changes that accumulate into a um, into a change and I think it's good sometimes to stop and reflect and recognize where we've come from where we are now and then that there's still work to do and I think to me that is success in addition I think success is about having a balance and an ability to enjoy your life and be content with what you've got um, and to, and to have that work-life balance and not feel uh, like you're just constantly chasing unattainable aims so I think you do need to have a plan you do need to want to be stretching yourself but um, it's about also sometimes just sitting back and and being pleased with with what we've done so far to find out more please visit lsh.co.uk